Paying people with equity is a time-honored tradition in perennially cash-starved startup land. However, have you ever stopped to consider the real cost? It might feel like you're buying real resources with Monopoly money at the time, but what if I told you it was perhaps the most expensive currency you will ever lay hands on? On today's Startup Therapy podcast, we'll talk about the real cost of treating equity like cash when it represents 100% of the future return on your efforts. Well, we know it's a really common scenario where startups at the early stages often treat equity like a replacement for cash. Uh, you've called it monopoly money, where they're going to use this as a as a method of compensation right? at the early stage where they may not have cash to pay somebody. Um, but one thing I think that's not talked about enough is, is what the downside of that can be. And so let's dig in a little bit, like in your opinion, what's what's wrong? What are, what are some of the downsides of paying with equity? I don't think we value it properly, especially in the <laughs> early days. You know, Ryan, you yeah. and I start a business today and all of a sudden we've got 100% of the cap table and life is well. And then we want to bring on a designer, let's say. And she's she wants to charge us 5% of the company in order to design our website and our early uh, brand collateral and all that great stuff. Yep. And we're looking at each other saying, Man, five minutes ago, we didn't have anything, right? Now we can buy, <laughs> buy an entire designer yep. for, for this monopoly money? Yeah, sure. Because if, if you don't design this website, we're going to have nothing anyway. So what's 5%? Right. And it's that thinking that is so dangerous. And I think today when we talk through why you should, by all means, avoid pay, paying people with equity. I think by the end of this episode, if you still think you should pay that person 5%, then Ryan, you and I have failed calamitously. <laughs> yeah, all right, podcast. all right. There's our mission. We'll lay Stakes it out. Are we'll, up. Make, we'll make this very Stakes real. Oh, okay, yeah. so- Yeah, no, it is. It's Ryan, interesting because I think that we think of equity, especially at the early stage, right? We like To your point, we don't value it enough. Uh, we've discounted the the future value down to to very little at the beginning of the business, and we treat it like free money. The reality is that depending on what happens with that business, that may be the highest interest money that you could possibly tap into, right? As Let's the future value here. that goes up, it gets exponential. Or Let's it should. start there. Imagine for a moment that I was 18 years old so, so long ago in the Paleolithic era. <laughs> right. uh, but that the I'm Paleo diet old. was just called the diet. Exactly, right? And someone comes to me and they said, Will, I'm going to give you $10,000. But for that, I would like 10% of your earnings for the rest of your life. And at right. first, $10,000, all the money in the world. I'm 18 years old, yep. right? I'll take, I don't even make $10,000 in a year, right? That, that sounds wonderful. Sounds like the greatest deal ever. What we don't think about is that we'll probably make more money later, hopefully. Yeah. And so as our career begins progressing and we start making more and more money, that 10% that we gave away or you know took in exchange for cash in this case so easily becomes so expensive. In fact, yes. it may become the most expensive line item in the entire pie chart that is our expenses. <laughs> right. And we think of how short-sighted that decision was. And at the time, when I was 18, I could have thought of a lot of reasons why that money would have worked, why that would have been a good investment, that $10,000 right. could have helped get a car that I'm going to need, could help pay for college that I'm going to need. It could have done all kinds of things. But 
10% for life, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what people are doing. And that's what startups are doing. That's what founders are doing. It's one of the most rookie mistakes you can make. And founders make it every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that they, they underestimate the, the future value of it. I also think that uh, they incorrectly assume that at some point they could probably just, you know, replenish that, take it back. You know, there would be some other options. And of course there could be, right? Depending on how you, you structure the equity grants and all that stuff. But again, we don't see that executed on very well in most cases, right? I think you and I could probably tick off 10 founders we've talked to in the last year who've dealt with some equity issue that's based on a really early decision that in hindsight, they know was a really horrible decision. And at the time, they probably would have fought tooth and nail to defend, no, we have to do this for this reason. You know, we don't have cash. We don't have other resources. We have to do this. Otherwise, we're dead in the water. Um, and that becomes the justification, right? If I don't have other options, if I don't perceive having other options, then this becomes a great idea. You know, Ryan, as we get further into the podcast, I think we should definitely dive into what your alternatives are. So for the yes. folks listening, just understand we, we will walk through alternatives. Before we get there, though, I really feel like we can't drive home this point of how expensive a unit of equity is. So I really just want to start there. We, we definitely covered the point that, yes, you'll be paying for that debt for the rest of your life. But here's the more important part. A dollar of equity that you give away doesn't get replenished. If you spend a dollar, right. you can then make a dollar. Your dollar's replenished. Equity yep. doesn't work that way. It is a one-time Willy Wonka ticket that once you spent it, not only do you pay for it for the rest of your life, you never get it back. And I don't yeah. think folks are thinking in those terms because initially in the formative stages, we're such short-term thinkers, right? Again, we kind of have to be, but right. because Find we've never to be. done this before, we think of, hey, this stuff we're getting is for free because we're paying it with equity. Later on, <laughs> right. we'll learn. <laughs> Later on, we'll learn. We paid for it with the most expensive dollar we will ever spend. And, yeah, and I the think, fine print on this one is is real. Oh, brother, it's so it's <laughs> it's so real. Now, what folks will say, and I get this, I understand why they say it. They're they're going to say what you said a moment ago, which is, well, if I don't spend with my equity, then I'm not going to get this website that we need, and the product will never come to fruition to begin with, and therefore it's a good use because it's going to help get me to that next level. And there's some truth to the argument. Problem is, it's not necessarily the only way you can pay for this. And it's also not necessarily the cheapest way you can pay for it, right? So, sure. so it's, it's actually probably the worst decision you could possibly make. So I think with that, probably worth talking a little bit about what some of your options are. What do you think? Yeah, I think we should dig in. Uh, we, we definitely, like, I, <laughs> otherwise, we're just presenting a problem here. Just uh, yeah, don't pay with equity and uh, good <laughs> luck. Style. Bye. Really short yeah, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we get it. Equity super expensive. I'm going to pay forever, you know, over and over for the rest of my life. But what else could I do? Well, here's some interesting points. Here's some interesting ways you've got to think of how people receive equity. First thing is when you say to somebody, <clears throat> I'm interested in paying you uh, with equity the first thing they're going to think of is, well, that's not money. 
So you're paying me in risk. And therefore, yep. I need to get paid a lot for that risk. Yes. So that's one. Okay, so so let's just kind of, bucket A is I have to get paid a lot for the risk. Bucket B is if you don't value how much your company is worth or how much the equity is worth, et cetera, if you don't value the currency, how do I know how much to take? Here's how right. I know. I want 10% of the company. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice and arbitrary. Not as egregious as a quarter or a half. Sounds, sounds perfectly acceptable to anybody that would offer that to, right? Yeah. 10% of the company. And, and here's the funniest thing about 10%. Funny in the worst way possible. Funny in that it doesn't sound like a lot. 10% of a thing doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but the moment you call it 10% of anything valuable, it sounds like all the money in the world. I don't remember right. how much of Amazon Jeff Bezos owns, but I think it's him in the 10 or 20% at most. And he's the richest yeah. man in the world <laughs> by yep. a lot. 10% of anything that will ever have value is all the money in the world. So That's right. you as the entrepreneur, you think, okay, well, all the money in the world, okay, the stakes are pretty high. What are my alternatives here? So again, bucket A, was uh, we were looking at it and saying, uh, how much risk is involved? Bucket B is how much is the currency worth? And Ryan, would you agree? Probably there's some combination of those two. How we make our equity decisions? Yeah, for sure. You have to you have to keep some balance between those two. Right. So for, let's address both separately. Let's address how we tackle risk uh, with with the the person we're going to pay, and then uh, secondly, how we uh, tackle value, which is essentially what bucket B is. When we talk about risk. Risk means, will this asset, this equity, ever turn into cash to reward me for my contribution? Well, That's right. Ryan, you and I had the idea nine seconds ago, right? So as of <laughs> at present, <laughs> it's not going to. You want to right? talk about a small number. That is a very wee decimal. A lot of zeros, but they're on the wrong side of the point. Correct. But let's talk about the part where we want to convert it to cash uh, as the recipient. Uh, actually, you know, let's, let's role play here, Ryan, if you will. You're the recipient. You're the person that's going to receive this, this equity. And I'm the entrepreneur trying to give it away. When I come to you and say, here's 100 shares in the company, what are the first things that come to mind as far as how you're trying to evaluate it? All right. My rent's due uh, in a week and a half. <laughs> how many of those will I need to give my landlord to pay my rent? Right. Yeah. Uh, and basically, will any of this What's ever convert this to cash, thing? right? Exactly. Yeah. So if, if what you're looking for, Ryan, is cash, then why not give myself, and by way of that you, the optionality to convert that to cash at a later date on some kind of multiplier? Yeah. And what's important, what's important here is the first thing I have to do is value your contribution. People overlook yep. this all the time, right? <laughs> right. What will and, it and take so, me, what will it take to get you to say yes to joining, right? And they don't factor in what is it worth paying for this person to say yes? Right? Oh my so God, valuing yes. that contribution is yes. so, so important. It gets overlooked because you just know like, well, we, we need a designer because we have to get the site launched or, well, okay, but what is the real value of that, right? What does that unlock? And try to get down to like just literally a, a, a cash equivalent, right? Because if you don't understand what it's going to cost you from a cash equivalent, how in the hell could you possibly determine how much equity to give away? That's exactly it. Okay, let's start there. 
So uh, Ryan, you come to me and you say, hey, you want to design my website? And you say, normally I would charge, let's say $10,000, a fair amount for this service, right? Cool. Now we've started to fill out some of the variables in this equation here, right? We didn't just say Ryan's going to participate. So for Ryan amorphously participating, he deserves 10% of the business. We Sounds said, right. <laughs> this negotiation's falling apart already, right? But we said Ryan's contribution, his investment in the company is $10,000. So we yep. can start to wrap some metrics around that. We can start to fill out some of the other variables. We can say if Ryan's contribution is $10,000, then how much stock would it require in order for us to get him paid on $10,000? Well, if what we're saying is uh, we're going to give him a million dollars worth of stock for a $10,000 investment, great for Ryan. Ryan, you killed it. <laughs> I did. You won this so negotiation. But, but let's talk about the part where you're saying, hey, my rent's due, et cetera. What you're talking about is an evaluation, not just of the, the value of your contribution, but a valuation for risk, right? I'm going to spend $10,000 worth of time that I could have otherwise gotten paid for. So we may come to you and say, Ryan, we're willing to give you $50,000, dollars, not shares, dollars worth of stock. And we'll we can get to valuation later, but we can give you $50,000 worth of stock with the option at any point to buy that down with cash at $20,000. It's essentially like a convertible yep. note. Yep. What that does, it, it, it gives us the option that if for whatever reason we want to pay you in cash, we're going to pay you twice what you could normally get. Again, you can, you can manage any kind of multiplier you want. I'm just using an example. Sure. But, if we never call on that cash option and it's just equity, it's $50,000. It's a very specific amount of equity. It's not a percentage of the company. I, I want to kill that noise right away. Right. That's, that's such a bad idea. I've never, the funny never thing seen about that work percentages, out well. They scale with the value of the company, right? $50,000 will forever be $50,000. 10% 10 of the, of the company. company might be $0 now, and it might be Jeff Bezos' money uh, 10 years from now. But if I'm the entrepreneur, Ryan, I'm screwed either way. If it's right? worth nothing in the future, things failed, I'm screwed. If it's worth a lot in the future, I made the worst business decision of my life. Right? <laughs> right. That's just as bad. What I'm looking for is I need to build in some optionality and I need to set a fixed price for the contribution. Now, sure. if you're looking at the reward bucket, Ryan, and you're saying, I'm saying the risk bucket, bucket A, and you're saying, hey man, there's a lot of risk. I mean, this thing is nothing but risk. You're so unproven. I'd normally get paid for this. I won't get paid for this. We can monkey with the multiplier, right? Yep. I, you can say, hey, I don't think a 5X multiplier in equity is enough. I want a 10X multiplier. But now we're talking about multipliers. And you know what you're not going to say? I want a 100x multiplier. I, you know, I, I want yeah, right. um, hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars for my $10,000 contribution. Right. We've locked in some variables, grounded in some reality, while still giving you the optionality to get both cash or equity. Sure. Without that mechanism, oh, God. 
things come off the rails so fast. How many entrepreneurs have you talked to that have been saying, hey, I'm going to give somebody 10 or 20% to get involved in the company and kind of see how it goes? Oh, uh, at least twice a week, uh, <laughs> we're hearing some story like this, right? And, and, and every time, uh, it's, I, I feel the same physical pain, um, just imagining what the future looks like should they go through with that decision, right? And, and like you said, the, there, there are a lot of outcomes where that still becomes a bad outcome. And at some point in the course of this, I do want to talk about some of the costs of equity, some of the things that giving away equity can cost you beyond just the obvious value in the company, right? So there, there are costs that occur along the way, depending on how you distribute equity, uh, that occur whether it ever goes liquid or not. And so at some point, I do want to dig in on some of those because those are the ones that tend to be real no matter what the final outcome of the business is. And they can, they can have a strong impact on the outcome of the business. Yeah, in a big way. And let's talk about the part where you don't get it back. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. We'd probably do another show just about what happens when you give away equity and, and how so hard it is to ever get it back, right? There are some mechanisms and we can educate some folks, but suffice to say, it's damn hard and it's probably not coming back. Yeah. So to start- It also increases the perceived risk to people, right? So if you're going back oh, God, to this, yeah. if you're trying to spend it and you're, you're giving them a bunch of conditions under which you can claw it back, the perceived risk goes up and up and up and the value of that stock goes down and down and down, right? And so you're, you're at that point negotiating against the value of what you're trying to hand over in the first place. Right, especially if we're paying for things that have a one-time utility. For example, if we yep. paid a lawyer a few points of the company to set up our company, that has a one-time utility. We're going to pay that lawyer yep. for the next 20 years for something that he did in three months? <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. absurd, right? It's with, with everything that we're doing. Now, often this translates not just to paying for a consulting service type thing that has a very fixed start and end. It has to do with bringing people on in the company full-time, right? Yes. Here's where that messes with me a bit. And I'm all for people having stock in the company. Uh, everybody at startups.com, nearly 200 people, every single person has stock in the company. So yep. th by the way, this isn't a, uh, an argument against giving people upside. It's an argument for how you value it <laughs> once again. Right. If someone comes on board, and again, and you say, we'd like to give you 5% of the company, that sounds like a token amount in the grand scheme of the whole cap table. Holy shit. Can you imagine what that person can't possibly do to ever earn that back? Do you know how much, how much contribution they would have to make to yeah. earn 5% of the company for life? <laughs> that's, that's You've incredible. also limited yourself to a 20-person company at that point. Like, <laughs> that's sort of it. Sorry, right? because we can't hire any more people. We ran out of equity. Come because again? once we give it away, we can't get it back. Now, I'll, I'll make a, a bit of a counter argument here. You could say, well, huh, wait a minute. Investors make a one-time contribution all the time, right? Yep. Investors come on and they give, give you $500,000 and they take 10% of the company. No one seems to have a problem with that. Technically, it's, it's a one-time contribution. The money has a fixed amount of value. And I would agree. And with that, I would say, unless you have a use case for that money that will create an ongoing exponential rise in the value of the company, it's yep. a bad deal. A lot of entrepreneurs don't think about it that way. Like, well, I need $500,000. I don't have $500,000. If somebody's willing to take 10% of the company, I'll take it. Like, well, I get it. You need it. But bear in mind, that is a fixed amount of contribution that you're going to pay for for the rest of your life. So my point is, be mindful how you spend it. And yeah. that's the same, the same goes for all the people you bring on. 
Yeah. And, and it really doesn't really matter where you're spending the equity. Anytime you're spending equity, the evaluation needs to be based on those same criteria, right? Like, what is this going to enable us to do? How far into the future does this carry us, right? Is the lift such that it's worth? Yeah. Because right? what you're trying to do, you're, you're accelerating, you're trying to increase your odds of winning while simultaneously reducing what you win in the end, right? And I, I think that you have to be really clear on what the equity is buying you, regardless of it's you know a, a one-off thing, um, an employee or an investor. And I don't think that there's really a, a reason to draw much of a distinction between them, other than the objectives that you'll look at in terms of what they bring to the table are different, but the the outcome's still the same. You're giving away a piece of the company in return for what they hope is an asymmetric return. That's the whole point of this, right? So the reason we build these things is that we think with less resources than we put in, we get to withdraw more, right? We build a company and, and we, we drive to profitability. Maybe we exit. We want an asymmetric return. The same reason that somebody else accepts equity, we're giving them a piece of that asymmetric return. That's what they want, right? That can never be in our direct interest, right? It may be justifiable, but there's always a cost. Right. And, and for all the folks that are out there, when I say giving away equity, I'm not suggesting that folks aren't thinking about it, but w- when they're transacting equity in a way where the contribution isn't valued, as we talked about, in a way where maybe equity's not the best way to spend this money. Again, we talked earlier about having the optionality to be able to do a cash equivalent later on. Looking for more ways to move the transaction to cash versus equity. Again, deferred payments, loan-style payments, installment agreements. I don't care how yeah. you get there. Anything you can do to preserve equity while deploying cash, no matter how long it takes you, is the right decision. That's right. Because, again, you don't get it back. Now, I also don't want to let the audience think that, Ryan, that you and I feel you should hoard equity, that you know, never let it go. There, there are very good uses for deploying equity. It's just how folks do it. One, like we talked earlier in the episode, just doing it too quickly. Another, like we just talked recently about folks doing it without valuing it properly. But I think there's a third part in thinking we have plenty left to go. You know, hey, we've only distributed 15% of the cap table. We've got another 85% to go. You know, we got plenty of dry powder here. Ask anybody that's gone public how much dry powder they had left by the time they went public. Exactly, exactly. The moment you think hey, I've got plenty left over, you probably haven't made it very far in the company because the folks that are going to come in later, they're going to be taking uh, swings off of this thing, are going to be taking much, much bigger chunks. Now, I'll also sort of add to that, I'd say. The most expensive equity you'll ever spend is the moment you found the company and pick a co-founder, right? Because at that moment, you're going to say, hey, Ryan, you and I love each other. Each of us gets 50%. By far, go. yeah, the most expensive decision either of yep. us will ever make. And the probability that we got it right is damn near zero. Yep, That's here nor there. But when we move on and we start chipping away at that cap table, if we make it through two or three years, let's say, where we've given up, let's say, 30% of the cap table, odds and ends, okay. between employees, some early investors, et cetera, in all fairness, we've probably done pretty well. If we haven't increased the valuation of the company substantially by then, it sort of doesn't matter because right. the next folks that are going to come with bigger checks are going to gobble up the cap table in 10, 20, 40% chunks. 
and it won't matter how stingy we were with it, right? Yep, All along, exactly right. we've got to be playing this game, and Ryan, you alluded to this, of trying to spend some equity, but really trying to make sure the overall value of the company goes exponentially higher than what we just gave away. Yep. Okay, so you know, obviously we want to make sure that you know, the equity is well spent, but um, we did promise that we were going to talk about some, some options, right? So when I, if I, we don't have the cash right now, and we realize that equity is not a good option. Let's, let's get specific. Like maybe let's, let's sure. go back through the scenario whereby we're like, Hey, cash sounds good. We don't have any right now. So what do we do about that? Like what realistically, let's go back to that same negotiation. How do we, how do we turn that into, into cash from the beginning? How do we avoid the, the handover of equity knowing how expensive it is? Let's get real practical here. What do we do? Sure. So if you think about it, if your contribution, Ryan, was $10,000, and we, we know that's the cash equivalent, we can do some really interesting deals here. We can say, if you're willing to take 5x that in equity, then that's already a given. But why don't we give ourselves at least the option, and by way of that, you the option, to get some cash out of it? So if we yeah. were to say, we have to pay you back in one of two mechanisms, either $20,000 in cash, preferably within a certain period of time, we could even stretch it out. Let's say it's three years. Either $20,000 in cash or convert it to $50,000 of equity. And it's our option as to whether we want to convert it. Now, when we you can say have our a, option, who's, let, let's sorry, be real specific here. Whose option? It's my option. Here's why. Because from my standpoint, if I end up paying you $20,000, then I've more than paid for your services. But if I can't or don't want to pay essentially 2x market value, then yep. it should be your option to be able to get the default payment, which is equity. Right. Again, this is sort of how convertible notes work. You could say, hey, Ryan, you could say, hey, I'd really like to have the op- I'd have like to have that option between doing the two. Yep. However, if we give you the option, then we really didn't do our jobs in as the the company in yep. making sure that we can buy down our equity contributions. That's right. That's right. Yeah. If you put the option in the hand of the, of the payee, it, it becomes problematic, right? So in this case, we want to retain the option to be able to say, now that we're at that point in the future where we have the cash to pay, it's now time to pay. Do we believe that that $20,000 in cash that we're going to hand over for, let's remind ourselves for $10,000 in services, right? So we are paying above and beyond. They've had some asymmetric benefit to this. We got it when we needed it. They're going to get paid well. I'm going to get paid well in this, in this scenario, I guess I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the recipient here. So for me, um, if the decision is, and I, as, as the company, we want to decide which one of those is more costly, right? Is $20,000 in cash right now more valuable to us than $50,000 worth of stock, right? And that's the calculus. Right. And we could do some interesting things with that. We could essentially put ourselves on the equivalent of a payment plan, right? Yep. We could then say, look, uh, we can't afford $10,000, but we can afford $500 a month that we're essentially going to either squirrel away in a bank account, you know, escrow style and pay to you in some future lump sum payment when it hits $20,000. Uh, and that's one way we could do the math. We could literally send you $500 every month, <laughs> you know, like we were doing layaway yeah, exactly. uh, and pay toward the service or except in this case, we got it ahead of time. There's lots of ways we can do it. What matters is we've enabled ourselves the option to put equity down as almost collateral, but then apply cash as the ability to get that damn equity back. 
If right. we never choose to use it, okay, equity is the collateral. We've already got that. It's already kind of committed in the cap table. You're good. You already agreed to get it. But if we can choose to pay you back some of that cash at some later date, and we can talk about what the, the exercise period is, that we could say, look, we've got up to four years to pay it, right? And we could even yep. do it with interest if we wanted to, you know, and to sweeten the deal for you. The point is we can keep it simple, but we can also give ourselves the option that if we overpaid, right? If we end up paying a whole bunch of equity for shit that we never actually needed later or didn't pay off the way we wanted to, right? we've got some stopgap method to kind of make up for our sins. Okay, so let's look at it from from my side of the table now. Let's, sure. As, as the provider, right? So I'm the one who's who's being offered to be, you know, paid in, in, in cash or equity. And of course, there's an, another area of risk here, right, that I'm looking at. I'm saying, ah, well, you know, they believe it'll be worth more in the future and they get the option to decide which way I'm compensated, right? And so on one hand, that can be perceived as, as a, a bit of a negative. But on the other hand, I'm looking at, I'm going, but no matter what, I'm either going to end up with twice what my market rate would be for this service right now, twice what I'm asking. I'm, I'm, I'm asking 10000 they're offering 20 in the future, or I'm going to end up with $50,000 worth of a company that I at least believe at this point has the potential to, to reach that value, right? I think the other thing that's really important to talk about here is what the profile of the individual that we're talking about here is as well. So like if, we're, if we're talking about me in this situation, I'm probably not somebody who's paycheck to paycheck or only has one source of income, right? I'm not, this isn't the only website I'm going to design this year. And then I'm just going to sit around hoping that I either get 10 uh, or, or $20,000 or $50,000 in stock, right? And so I think it's important to, to consider that as well, right? Like what does this person actually need? And is this deal even right? Because I know you and I have both seen situations where equity hiring works out really poorly because the cash doesn't come soon enough, right? Like, so it's maybe you hire somebody with equity and maybe it's not a one-off project. I think the one-off project skews our perception on this a little bit. If this is an ongoing employee engagement, right? Maybe we've we've created a scenario whereby there is some cash compensation, but we're making up for the difference in that inequity. And all of a sudden, that difference becomes unmanageable for this employee. We as the company have now taken on some really serious risk. We've given sure. away equity. And right? we've given away equity and we've spent time with this human They've built capability within our company. They've become an important part of what we do. And now this is no longer working for them. And so I think that there's another layer to the assessment of whether this is the right choice or not that has a lot to do with the individual on the receiving end. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, you know, <laughs> just Ryan, as I'm hearing you lay this out, this is just so timely. Not two hours ago, I was at lunch with a good friend of mine, a founder. And he just sold his company. I was on the board of his company uh, 10 years ago when they were forming. Uh -huh. And I spent two years on the board. It was one of the most well-run companies I've ever seen. So I just, I'm saying that because I want to point out that not only was he super smart, not only was the company super solid, I was on the board. I was, you know, every month there talking through the financials, the, the execution. I've never seen a better run company. At the end of my tenure, he said, look, for your, your investment, this is me being, <laughs> being the, the service provider in this case, yeah. you have two options. We can give you stock in the company or we can give you $20,000. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, 
I, I mean, yeah, the company will probably do something at some later date, but I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm too close to startup companies, but they never seem yep. to work out well. <laughs> <laughs> and they were generating a fair amount of cash. Uh, so so $20,000 you know, wasn't going to break their bank or anything else like that. So, uh, so I said, you know, I'll take the cash. That's <laughs> killing me to say this can, story. Can you, can you do the math on this for us? What, uh, uh, okay. what would that yes, Willy Wonka I, ticket have been worth today? About $300,000. And I didn't even think about it until we just started saying this. And it, was, it wasn't two hours ago. I was kind of taking him to a celebration lunch and congratulating him uh, for selling for a massive amount. And I was so proud of him. It didn't even occur to me until we were sitting here that, well, you know, I actually would have had stock in that company. I would have cashed that out. That's pretty funny. But, but to be <laughs> fair, <laughs> to be fair, for every one of those that I never took the check, I've got a hundred of them that I decided to take the equity and it's worth exactly zero. So I guess <laughs> regardless of this being a quote bad decision, yeah. um, I think that the take the money and run isn't the worst decision either. However, I'll, I'll also say this. I felt I was pretty well compensated. Like I felt, yeah. you know, for the time that I put in, the effort that I put in, the $20,000 that they gave me, I thought was incredibly generous. And I was more yeah. than happy to take it. Did I forego 10x return on that, et cetera? Yes, but I don't feel bad about it. No, and you shouldn't, right? You shouldn't. You were, you were well compensated for what you did and, uh, and, and things worked out just fine for everybody. Uh, speaking sure. of board seats and, and giving away equity for these... At least a couple times a year, I get some kind of an offer from a startup company uh, to join their advisory board, and and they will they will gift me some equity. And this happened about a week and a half ago. And very very inexperienced founding team uh, were were super excited to talk to me, and you know we, we had a great conversation, gave them some uh, what, what they thought were some some great ideas and just some some very valuable perspective, having been through this a lot, and. They came back after the call and said, hey, you know, we've thought about this a lot. I'm like, we talked an hour ago. So no, you haven't. But uh, (laughs) I'm glad that you think you've thought about it a lot. Sure, sure. We'd love to bring you on as an advisor. And we'd like to give you 5% of the company. uh, Whoa. That was literally the, the, the first words out of my mouth. And, and they said, you know, but like, if, if you feel like you need more, I'm like, no. And I was like, you're actually going the wrong direction now. They're like, just by making that offer tells me that you don't understand the value of the equity, the value of your company, and that you're going to create a lot of other problems along the way. And so therefore, I can decide very easily right now that no, I, I don't need or want 5% of your company in exchange for any small amount of my time. And I was kind about it. I, I explained sure. why and like all of the barriers that this could raise for them. Like, now go raise some funding and explain to the investors why there's a 5% ghost in your cap table um, who, who isn't actively involved that you talk to once a month or once a quarter or whatever, uh, why that person sitting with 5%, right? Explain that decision to them because they're going to evaluate that decision the same way that I was. They're, they're looking at that and saying, I'm going to use this as a proxy to understand how you think about your business and making mistakes like that cost you. And we talked about this earlier. I said, I wanted to bring up some of these additional costs in equity it's these type of costs, right? These things can become barriers, right? Like uh, we, we talked about this in the last podcast, actually having somebody who's no longer active in the company who now represents like, uh, you know, 30% of the company and, and they're no longer active. That's a huge, huge problem for a lot of reasons. It is. And I think for folks, when they're first giving it away, just like the, the young founders you were probably talking to, in their mind, if 
if it takes 5% of this monopoly money that they created five minutes ago <laughs> in order to get someone as smart as you on the team, that's money well spent because yeah. again, they, they haven't been around the block yet. They don't understand yep. that it's very hard to make your equity well spent. Yep. It's more likely that you're going to give it away in these sinkholes of value that you'll never get it back from and spend the rest of your career at this company trying to figure out how to not make that decision again, <laughs> then the probability that you're going to make that equity investment and it's going to reap all the benefits that you're going to be paying for for the rest of your career. <laughs> it's just not exactly like... right. Okay, so to wrap all this up and put a bow on it, like let's remember that equity is the most expensive money we're ever going to spend. It is 100% of the future return. Every little bit of that that we spend reduces that future return. So if we don't believe that we have this potential to create this future value, why are we spending it at all now today in any case? I think it's really important to maybe even imagine the future value of that equity because we have to believe in that. As founders, we have to believe that there's future value in that equity. Otherwise, we shouldn't be building whatever we're building. Imagine that future value of the equity and imagine that's what you're spending today. That, to me, is how this should be approached. Absolutely. That's a wrap for this episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan on behalf of my partner, Will Schroeder, and all the Startups.com family thanking you for joining us. And we hope you'll continue to join us. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or wherever you love to listen to Startup Therapy. You can find all of our episodes at startups.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more amazing resources to launch or grow your startup, be sure to head to startups.com and check out Startups Unlimited. It's everything we have to offer from our online university to our amazing community of experts and founders, and even all the tools we've built like BizPlan, Fundable, and LaunchRock. It's everything a founder needs. Visit startups.com slash begin that's startups.com slash B-E-G-I-N. You'll thank me later.